Welcome to Success Hackers, Cracking the Entrepreneurial Code, the podcast that's focused on empowering entrepreneurs to find the edge and take their business to a whole nother level. We're peeking behind the curtain to learn entrepreneurial shortcuts and success strategies from the most successful entrepreneurs on the planet. Get ready for mind-blowing entrepreneurial tips with your host, high-performance business coach, keynote speaker, and author, Scott Hansen. Showtime in three, two, one. What is up, everybody? Hope you're doing absolutely amazing. This is your host, high-performance business coach, best-selling author, and your host right here on Success Hackers. My name is Scott Hansen, and super fired up today to bring on uh, an esteemed guest, someone that we've been going back and forth. You know how busy professionals are. I canceled on her probably at least more than once. She might have canceled on me, I hope. I don't want to feel like such a bad guy. But nonetheless, it's been a while, and uh, I'm super fired up to bring this esteemed guest with with us here on the Success Hackers podcast. Before we do that, if you're brand new to Success Hackers, welcome. We love our brand new folks. Success Hackers is one of the top podcasts in all of iTunes land, Stitcher land, and really the goal is to bring together ideas, success strategies, and hacks to help you, our business owner, to help you, our entrepreneur, get to that next level in business. We've had the good fortune over the last couple of years to have over a half a million downloads on iTunes, reaching people in over 18 countries, and really helping serve an impact the entrepreneurial space. So you absolutely have found the right podcast. And those of you that have been around a while, welcome, welcome, welcome. You know that my goal is to continue to bring you amazing content and amazing guests here on the show. And if you want to reach the show, you can email us at info at successhackers.net. That's info at successhackers.net. I answer all emails, any questions you might have about the show, or maybe you even have someone that you'd like to bring on as a guest. Um, we're always we're always looking for really amazing guests like we're about to have right now. So, oh, and by the way, make sure to stay all the way to the end because I have something brand new that I want to share all of you. Hacker Nation, let's get down to business. We're about to speak to someone who can literally teach us how to exit our businesses successfully so that we have more money in the bank, so that we can truly enjoy our retirement. Today, our featured guest is Ashley Michike. Ashley Michike is the CEO of True North Retirement Advisors, an independent financial advisory firm managing $230 million in client assets. Ashley specializes in helping small business owners exit their business and retire with a bunch of financial security. Ashley, welcome to Success Hackers. It's really great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me, Scott. I am super excited to be here. Well, and uh, it, it's it's something to note that Ashley has been sick, and uh, the fact that she's on the show, she's been taking NyQuil, although she's off the NyQuil now, so she's clear, <laughs> she's ready to go, and it's just great to have you on the show. So again, thanks for coming on. Thank you, Scott. Absolutely. So let's hop right into this. How did you get into this line of work? Um, you know, so my dad was a financial advisor. He, he got in the industry before I was born. So it's funny cause he used to take me sometimes to client meetings when I was like five years old and he'd introduce me. He's like, this is Ashley. She's going to take over for me someday. And I'd be like, no, I'm not. I'm going to be a veterinarian or whatever <laughs> I thought I was going to be at the time. And so, um, 
kind of fast forward to college and I never really intended to, I never wanted an office job. I wanted to, you know, do a bunch of other things. And, um, but when I went to college, I got a finance degree because I actually enjoyed the, the number side of finance and business. Mm -hmm. And then after I left college, I was like, I can do this. I don't even have to interview. I can just join, you know, and see, I'm going to try this out and see how it goes. And so here I am almost 12 years later. So I really, it it turns out though, that it actually is very suited for me because I, I, I misunderstood what it meant to be an advisor. I thought it was all about the stock market and, but it's more about people and, and helping clients and building relationships and every day is different. And so I, I truly love what I do. So, um, I'm I'm very happy. Yeah, it was a good accident for sure. Well, I was gonna say, do you ever miss? Do you ever miss the fact that you know what I could have been? I could have been driving on my way to work to you know maybe owning my own veterinarian practice or helping <laughs> dogs or cats. Do you ever miss that at all? Um, no, because you know, like a lot of careers that I think we all envision ourselves as kids. When you look at the reality of it, which is that. I'm actually going to have to put a dog down or if I'm doing surgery on a cat, like, you know, I'm going to have, I'm going to deal with death all the time and I'm not going to be able to save all of these animals. So then as soon as I realized that it was out the window. For me as a business coach, that's what I do outside of, you know, hosting this podcast. I work with business owners, helping them scale and get to the next level of of revenue and profitability and what's fascinating to me is what you do is you you also help them put together their life plan and their business plan so that as we talked about in the open that they feel comfortable they really feel comfortable in in either selling the business handing it off to a next of kin or whatever it is their their end goal is but i think for a lot of people listening right now especially a lot of business owners listening you know, they, like you said, they got to be a veterinarian or they got to own a bakery or they opened up a, an auto body dealer or whatever the business is, they, beca- they became a, a chiropractor or a dentist or whatever. But the business side of the business is where a lot of people struggle. So, you know, how would you define valuing a business? Like what's, what's maybe one thing you can share with our Hacker Nation community of this is maybe one or two things they should be focusing on so that if... And when they end up doing the things I just talked about, they're positioned properly. Yeah, very good question. So I I really like to think about exiting a business or even just running a business as it's a runaway train. So most successful entrepreneurs, they know how to get the train out of the station, on the tracks, going, but we don't know how to get off. And that's what exit planning tries to figure out. Like, how do we slow this train down? How do we pull it back into the station? How do we get off this train and transition into the next phase of, of life? And so the, the really the first step in value in exiting is figuring out where you are today. So if I'm going to, uh, you know, enter a location or somewhere I want to go on my GPS and I want driving directions, I need to put where I am today. Mm. The only way it's going to tell me turn here, you know, turn right, turn left is if I tell it where I am. So we have to know where we are today in order to get the step-by-step 
you know, okay, that now what I, now I know how to go here. Now I know how to go here. And so valuing your business is like taking inventory. This is where I am today. This is what my business is worth today. And alongside that, usually we'll, we'll do inventory of the rest of the financial assets like real estate or other income sources or port, you know, personal investment portfolio and kind of aggregate all those things together to say, okay, do I have enough to, you know, start this process or do I need to grow the value of my business more in order to exit with what I need to have financial security? From a, from a financial standpoint, is there anything that you can share with our audience and maybe how does someone evaluate their business or is it, is it off a of P&L? Is it off of their budget? Is it off, is there, is there a glaring thing that stands out when you, when you help these individuals that says, you know what, you're light on this area, or I see a lot of business owners, they're light on this area, or they're too heavy on one area. Can you share with us more about that? Yeah. Um, so a lot of times what I'll see is, and, and I use a dental practice a lot because we had a, uh, a client a number of years ago, she was a dentist and she ended up selling to a third party. And, um, but one of the interesting things about dental practices is that they rely a lot on insurance reimbursements. Mm -hmm. And so it's their revenue stream. And if they can diversify where their money is coming from, maybe incentivize more of their patients to pay with cash, Mm. um, then that's going to be more attractive in, in the value of the business. And I see this, it's not just dental practices, but I see it a lot where a business might have a concentration of revenue, either, you know, maybe their top two or three clients make up 80% of their revenue. Right. That's not good for value. Right. And I think most people understand why, because of the risk involved. Um, or like the dental practice case where, you know, I want to diversify different revenue streams and that's going to be more attractive too, because it's more sustainable. It's more reliable. If one of those areas of revenue drops, then they, they can, um, you know, focus more on the other ones. They still have money coming in the door. Um, but as far as valuation, obviously, there's a lot of metrics that go into that. And um, what, what I did when I was developing the, this system for helping clients value their business, we use a, a really cool software tool that's accessible and available to anybody. And um, what what I did is I ta- went out and I talked to, to a bunch of valuation experts because I'm not a certified valuation, uh, you know, expert. Mm-hmm. I can't, I don't, I don't go in and, you know, comb through your books and records and actually provide a certified valuation for your business. But what I did do is I talked to these experts and I said, okay, business owners, nobody's got time for this to, you know, hire somebody and pay them $10,000 if they're just curious and want to know their starting place. Right. So what can we do? What are, what, what is the least amount of information that a business owner would need to gather in order to get a really good estimate of value? And so what, what I came up with in talking with all these experts was eight pieces of information. Revenue, pre-tax income, what you pay yourself, accounts receivable, accounts payable, how much you own to the bank, and your long-term EBITDA margin, which is the most complicated calculation of all, but it's not that hard to get, and then whether you rent or own. Hmm. And if you can gather those eight pieces of information, 
you can get a really, really dialed in estimate of value for your business. And now we have the starting point for your exit plan. I love it. That's great. And Hacker Nation, we're going to have all of this on the on the website, successhackers.net. You'll see a picture and, and, and the bio and and all the talking points that we're doing with Ashley. Yeah, I love that. It's such a great piece of advice. And I would imagine too, you know, from a business owner standpoint yourself, what you just did, and you probably know this or for all of our all of our listeners, what Ashley just did was saying, well, if I want to reach more people for her own business, if I want to reach out and, and, and get more clients, what's the best way we can introduce them to our business without them spending any money or very, very low amount of money? And what you've done is offer this sort of this ad hoc service that's complimentary, but it gets them in the door so that they can learn more about your services. Is that safe to say? Yeah. And I knew that the valuation is the sticking point and it's where people get stuck. And I want business owners to actually take steps to ensure a successful exit. So, you know, I'm not a valuation expert. I have no interest in charging clients for this. So we make it available to anyone for free. And so you can go in and you can get a value for your business and you can go in a year from now as things change and continue to update that value. Um, and it never costs you anything, you know, so that was really important to get to helping people get unstuck. And do you guys deal with a lot of family businesses? Yeah, you know, it's kind of all over, but I mean, family businesses are extremely common. I'm I'm dealing with one situation right now where it's kind of a mix. The the successor is a combination of a non-related key employee and then a, and a child of one of the owners. So it's pretty common. Um, inside transfers are usually the most common, whether that's a key employee or uh, a family member, usually a, a child. Are there are there certain strategies to avoid? <laughs> specific strife when it comes to problems with family when it t- when it's caught when we're talking about exiting um yeah so one of the questions that i always ask clients in the early stages is are there family considerations mm-hmm. and it's a it's a trick question because <laughs> there are there are always family considerations um especially when you have uh you know someone who's already active in the business and and a lot of times you know, you may have made promises to that person, but as time goes on, you know, you may have your head in the sand or you may not. And you may realize that if I turn this business over to my son or daughter, it's not going to be around in, in two years. So there's some hard conversations. And then, of course, there's also dealing with what if you have three kids, one of them's active in the business and two of them are not. And how, how do you deal with fairness among all of them when, you know, you have the one child who's put sweat equity into this business and maybe helped grow it. So you don't want to, you know, you, you just want to be fair to all the other children too in the estate plan and all of that. So it's very complicated. And then you want your kids to be talking to you after you sell your business or exit and you want your spouse to be talking to you too. And so, you know, especially there's, there's a lot of family dynamics, favoritism, uh, you know, things that come up from the past childhood hurt hurts that, you know, resurface, you know, dad never loved me as much as he loved so-and-so. And, you know, so 
It's it's very common and it's never easy. There's just a ton of landmines to avoid, um, and, and so it's definitely something that we talk about a lot with clients. And if if clients will let us, they don't always let us, but you know it's it's good to involve the outside advisors too, whether they be a CPA or an attorney, in those initial conversations as much as it makes sense to um, with with family members and. Can you get vulnerable with us for a minute, Ashley? Oh, I love to. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I, uh, I I believe that all high performers and successful individuals maybe look at failure a little bit differently than most people. They actually use what I call failure as feedback and course correction. So take us to a time to when you failed. You know, you might have more than one, but you know, the one time when you wanted to give up, you wanted to go back to, you know, maybe this other area of your life or other your business, but you kept on keeping on and you use that one failure as fuel for your success fire. Can you share with us that time? Yes. And that's so easy to answer because something bubbles up right away. So, you know, earlier I talked about the train metaphor and when we started True North, uh, it involved, so my dad and I worked together at two big firms before we started our own uh, practice. Mm. And when there's a lot of planning that goes into that, and uh, it was about two years of planning. So about halfway into this, I became pregnant with my second child. But there was no way that we could uh, delay our launch or do like that train had already left the station and it's, you know, we're going to launch our business in, in January. And I had my son in September. So he would have, he was three and a half months old when we, when we launched our business. So all the planning and everything that had gone on, you know, I remember I was meeting with vendors. I was touring office space, um, while my son was with me and I met with the IT guy in a coffee shop with my like two week old son and had to like interrupt our conversation so I could nurse him while I was meeting. So I mean, it was just <laughs> chaos. And, um, right after we launched, there's this big push to, you know, calling all your clients, trying to convince them to continue to work with you. And uh, we had about two weeks in, we had just lost our, our one and only employee. Mm. And, and uh, I, I was like, Oh, my gosh, you know, what have I done? I had a nice cushy job. Yeah. And I'm taking this huge risk. I've never run a business before. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and I was in my son's room one night, rocking him to sleep regretting that I wasn't spending the time with him that I sure. that I wanted to and I I very vividly remember uh it was dark in his room I'm rocking him he's sound asleep his little night lights on in the corner and his little noise machine is whooshing in the background and I'm just sobbing I you know I have just I've never I don't know what I'm doing mm. I don't even know how to op operate the postage meter. Like I can't do any of this stuff. This was the stupidest thing I've ever done. And now I can't go back. I I'm trapped right. now and I better, I have to make this work. So it was, it was a very scary time. And, um, it, it was very challenging because once, once that employee was gone, I thought, man, this, this is, this is a bad sign. This is, this, this was not meant to be. I, I have no idea what I got myself into. And your father at the time, you worked with him at, at 
bigger companies, but he never ran a business, right? No, no. Right. All, he had worked for big companies his entire career, too. So I actually did have a business when I was eight. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we all? Didn't we all? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I used to, like, um, when neighbors would go on vacation, I'd water their plants, take care of their pets, pick up their paper and mail and that good stuff. It was it was amazing. I had no competition. I was, it was like a monopoly. But that's a little different. Yeah, just a little. <laughs> well, I think what's fascinating about that, and I wish we had more time to really dive into this, but when you're rocking, you know, your, your newborn baby and you're crying and you're thinking about, did I do something? Could I do done something different? I have this you know, this new baby and this new, you know, all these other things that are going on. What was the catalyst that pushed you towards continuing to go forward? Because a lot of people would have, based on your circumstances, like you said, you just had an employee, your only employee leave and not running a business ever in your life. You easily could have, quote unquote, shut the doors before the doors even opened, went and found another job making whatever you were making, probably pretty good amount of money. What I guess the real question is, what made you keep going forward? Gosh, that's a good question. I don't know. I feel like at the time, I just thought, well, I'm just going to run this thing into the ground and see what <laughs> happens. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. It was always a dream. I never the, – the industry that I'm in is very entrepreneurial. So even when we were at big firms, you're still kind of doing your own thing, running your own business. You technically do have a boss, but right. they're really hands-off. And um, I just – there's no way I could punch a clock. I'm way too stubborn. And um, and so I, I just – I think a lot of entrepreneurs are kind of like that where – you know, they're just they're just going to see it through to the end. They've already sacrificed so much, and we might as well just keep this going. Yeah. Um, and you know, and and, and I will say, you know, it, clients had started to come over, so I had had some success. But I was thinking, I, I do not, I literally do not have anyone to process all this paperwork. We had mountains and mountains of paperwork because people were sending in their transfer forms right. to move their accounts. And we had literally no one to process them. So I'm like, well, I'm just, I guess I'll be receptionist, CEO, client service associate. Like I'll just wear all these hats and I'll figure it out. And that's what a lot of entrepreneurs do. They right. just figure it out. Yep. So, All right. Well, as you know, our Hacker Nation community listens to the show for actual success, hacks and strategies, help them grow their business and their success. You've already given us some great nuggets in terms of what to look out for and how to be positioned correctly for the exit, but we now shine this success hack spotlight on you, Ashley. So what's one success hack that you can share, just one, with our listeners that they can literally start implementing immediately? Gosh, I would go back to the, that valuation So because it takes 10 minutes to value your business once you gather those eight pieces of information. That's the best hack I think I could come up with okay. is in getting unstuck in, you know, cause it's the foundation for everything else that you do. And you don't have time to do a lot of things, but you certainly have time for 10 minutes to figure out what your business is worth. So that, that would be my, success hack. Personally, though, I would say my, my own success hack is that I wake up super early every day and um, 
I get a lot done because I have forced myself to wake up at like 4.15 every morning. <laughs> oh, my God. You're one of those people, huh? <laughs> I'm one of those annoying people who's up at dark. So, you going to bed at 7.30? Uh, almost. <laughs> <laughs> More like eight, eight, okay. ten. All right. If it's wild, it's, it's you know, nine. if I'm really having a, a good night, I'll go to bed at like ten. Okay. All right, Ashley. <laughs> we are now entering the randomness round, but before we do, let's take one quick moment to learn something brand new. Hacker Nation, do you feel stuck in your business or maybe even hit a plateau? Maybe you're not even sure how to market effectively, drive new leads, get new clients, or become more productive. Or maybe you're just not quite sure how to scale or go big in your business then you're absolutely going to love this, which is brand new. I'm offering a handful of scholarships out to my listeners. The Business Breakthrough Strategy Session is a 60-minute call with me personally, and I will help you get crystal clear on your goals. During the call, I will also help you create a 12-month growth strategy plan to bring in new sales and new clients, as well as I will help you find up to $100,000 in untapped revenues in your business, without spending a cent on marketing. So if you want one of these free business breakthrough scholarships, go to 60minutebreakthrough.com. That's 60minutebreakthrough.com. Okay, Ashley, we are back and about to enter the randomness round. The randomness round is kind of like putting you on the success hackers version of the hot seat. Whatever's the first answer that comes to mind, just let it rip. So Ashley, are you ready for the randomness round? I am ready. Best advice you've ever received. Oh, that's easy. So my dad has always told me since I was very little, he says, you always have to be able to look at yourself in the mirror every single day. And what he meant by that was, you know, you should never do anything that would ever compromise your integrity mm. and, um, you know, just be able to look at yourself in the eye and know that you've done everything right. Because without integrity, without your word, without, you know, your reputa reputation and how you not just talk the talk, but walk the walk, you have nothing. So that that has kept me from cheating on tests when I was in fourth grade and kept me from cheating in life as an adult. So it's been, it's served me well. What is a daily habit that you do sometime throughout the day that puts you in a great frame of mind? Uh, you know, I'd go back. I'd, uh, it's waking up. I just waking up. I, I very, I'm a very, um, religious person. And so when I wake up in the morning, I pray every day and I, I make sure that I do that every day. And I just start. And with that, I, I practice gratitude and, um, no matter what's going on in my life, I, I just feel fortunate to have a, you know, breathing lungs and a beating heart and, um, try not to let the worries of what's going on overwhelm me. So that's, that's been very helpful. You now own a time machine. I want you to travel back in time to when you were 25 years old again. What advice would your current self give your 25 year old self? You know, so when I was 25, I got married when I was 25. So there was a lot going on that year. I was definitely absorbed with planning my wedding and making sure that that was perfect. But I would say the advice that I would give to myself, and actually I would give that to myself today because I still haven't quite figured this out, but I'm working on it, is that just to relax a little bit and, and to, to continue to try hard, but to have more patience with myself and to not, you know, not everything has to happen yesterday. So what's the one trait that you have that's contributed mostly to your success? I'm very persistent and... 
I, I'm also, I love to learn. What is a hidden talent that you have that most people may not know about you? Most people don't. I'm, a, I'm actually a crazy addicted golfer. Hmm. People who play golf with me know that, but most people don't know that. Uh, and I actually hold the course record at my home course from the Red Tees. Wow. Uh, yeah. What is one book that you've read that's made an impact on your business? The, the best book that I've ever read, both business and personal, is called Off Balance by Matthew Kelly. And he talks about how work-life balance is, we should all just stop talking about that, because what we actually want is work-life satisfaction. And what I loved about his book is that it doesn't just talk about this on a high level. He talks about it in terms of, okay, here's how you can prioritize all the things in your life, all the things in your business to focus on what you need to focus on. And and I have a tendency to chase shiny little objects every single day in what I'm doing. So just having that framework for making decisions on how you spend your time and what's going to give you the most bang for your buck and how you spend your time has, has been really impactful. And it really changed my life because it made me realize that there are certain things that I was spending my time on that when I sat down and prioritized it, it was, it was really low and it didn't justify spending the time that I was spending on that. If you can recommend one social media tool or an overall service to our hacker nation that's helped you in your business or in your personal life, what would that be? Calendly. I just send people a link and they can see my schedule. I don't have to go back and forth. I yep. use it all the time with clients and prospective clients. It's it's amazing. Well, actually, you are now officially off the randomness round hot seat. This has been Ooh. absolutely incredible. You made it. Thank you for your time and also sharing these incredible success strategies with our Hacker Nation. Where can our listeners find out more about you and your business or anything else that you would like to share? The best place to go where you can find out all the other resources is truenorthra.com forward slash value my business. If you go there, you can get the checklist with the eight pieces of information. You'll get access to the valuation tool that will allow you to value your business for free. Um, and you can find all my other contact information there too. Yeah, and Hacker Nation, don't forget to head over to successhackers.net. That's successhackers.net for this episode's show notes and everything that Ashley just shared will be on that page, along with some other really cool resources we have on the site. And also, when you're on the site, don't forget to click subscribe so that you don't miss any of these amazing episodes. And remember, if you're looking to explode your business this year and you're interested in learning about that free scholarship that I mentioned earlier, Head over to 60-Minute Breakthrough. That's 60minutebreakthrough.com to grab your free spot. This is Scott Hansen thing. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Success Hackers. Until the next show, go out and live with passion.